0: Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. Jumbo Jumbo. Cariboni Carisani, Ivy Church. Good to see you. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. As you know, we're in our series where we're looking at each part of Ivy's discipleship pathway, which helps us to be more like Jesus and grow like Him as we learn to follow Him. We've heard from Tim in Discover, Hannah in Deliver, Lisa about how we become devoted followers of Jesus. And today, I'm championing DEVELOP. I'm passionate about seeing people develop their potential as leaders, and I love helping them to do it. Let me tell you why. When I was 18, I went to university to study midwifery. Now, when I say that, you might be thinking that as a midwife, I'd be in charge of deliver. But each year, I couldn't progress to the next year unless I'd passed academic assessments, as well as clinical competencies. Each year, there were new sets of competencies to pass or to build on that I'd learned previously. And the whole idea of building on skills was to give me confidence and ultimately for me to be able to care and work independently in a room looking after women. But there's no way I could have done it or achieved it without mentors and teachers to guide me, to teach me, to help me, to advise me, to get me to a point of being a registered midwife. Fast forward a few years, then I became a mentor to students on a busy delivery suite and I began to love mentorship. I love mentoring students to help them grow, to help them see how they could achieve their goals, help them make decisions and develop from student midwives to registered midwives. I was their guide and their mentor and their helper, the one they could get sound advice from. And I knew their potential and I could help them to make what was a dream for many of them, a reality for them to ultimately qualify and then no longer need me. 15 years later, I became a midwifery lecturer responsible for helping to get hundreds of student midwives through their degree. And my heart for that was to lead by example, to demonstrate love and compassion for them, for me to encourage, to tell them what they can do and how they absolutely could do it. So in my developed role, then I want to do all I can to help you in your leadership development so that we can all grow together and be more like Jesus as we do. You see, I believe that Jesus came into the world to bring something new to the world and new for the world. He came to start a movement that would shake things up, that would turn on its head leadership that existed and work from the top down. And Jesus showed that the best way, the only way to set an example of what it means to be a leader would be to see people, to hear them, to love them and to serve them. For Jesus, the model of leadership was servanthood. He was never self-serving. He led first as a servant to his Father in heaven who gave him his mission. His personal mission was to serve not his own will, but the will of the Father. When he said, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So today we're gonna look at a passage in the Bible in the book of John chapter 13, where Jesus bearing in mind that later this night he was gonna be crucified, still called his disciples together and taught them what true leadership looks like. Now this didn't involve a lecture on leadership. He used three very simple things, some water, a towel and a bowl. So picture this, Passover festival is almost here and Jesus has invited his disciples to the upper room and when they've eaten, Jesus stands up. At this point, that was quite sudden and a surprise to the disciples and he takes off his roll and begins to tie a towel around his waist. At this point, the disciples are wondering just what is going on when Jesus takes the water from the jug of the table and begins to fill a bowl and puts it on the floor one by one, without saying anything, he begins to wash the disciples' feet. The room falls silent as each man nervously awaits his turn to have his feet washed by Jesus. Now, some of the conversations happen at this point with Peter, who becomes a bit dramatic as he can be. But when Jesus had finished, he stood, put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You do understand what I have done for you. I can imagine the disciples looking at each other at this point, hoping one of them has the answer. Then Jesus turns and looks them all in the eye and says, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Can you imagine how the disciples must have felt? How would you feel if Jesus had washed your feet? What would you feel like in that moment? For the disciples, Jesus is their Lord, as their master, takes the role of what would normally have been a slave's role. And one of the reasons that it was so significant for the disciples was that he was teaching them a practical lesson in connecting what their head knew, but how their heart could connect to that. It was such a simple act, yet so powerful too. It was in this moment that he was unveiling the core of true leadership, loving one another. He says "As you've seen me do it as your master. Now you go and you do the same. You lead with love. Like, I wonder how you felt when you've been asked to do jobs that nobody else wants to do. Maybe there's been times when you felt that's not your job, it's the job of someone else. Maybe that person has been in a lower position than you. Maybe there are jobs we feel are beneath us, but it's pride that gets in our way. Have you ever been in that position? because Jesus used the act of washing feet to let the disciples know, and therefore us too, that the number one priority in leading is through servant-hearted leadership and reconnected us with the Father's heart. I think in this moment what he wanted was to take them to a whole other level of experiencing how important it was for them to do as he had done to give them hearts that would be broken and then remoulded to carry the same love that Jesus had for his people. And that this love therefore would be carried into their ministry, that they would carry that same depth and longing for God's people, just as Jesus had. I remember being on a really busy shift on delivery suite. There were no rooms with more women needing to come in. We'd just come out of theatre with an emergency, but then we needed to go into theatre again. The other theatre was in use, so this theatre needed cleaning quickly. Now usually the theatre staff would do this, but on this day I walked in and the anaesthetist was mopping the bloody floor, emptying the bins. That never happens. Yet here he was mucking in to help. And after he'd done that he came and he helped push the woman round to theatre whilst at the same time making sure he had everything he needed to do his job. I praised him at the time as this was a standout moment for me, something we rarely saw, and yet a real example of someone who didn't see any job as too menial for him. It makes such a difference when we can humble ourselves to do whatever is required to serve our colleagues. As a servant leader, Jesus modelled the role of a good leader, not just with words, but with simple emotion and action, to take away any arrogance or pridefulness that might prevent that from happening. He was to lead with love. How, what needs did Jesus see in this moment? He saw the need for loving the disciples and had become concerned about pride, which can become dangerous if it gets in the way. 1 Corinthians 13 tells that a love is patient and kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. And as leaders, as Christians, then our response to leadership should always be as compassionate leaders. It means that we listen closely and really hear those that we're leading in whatever situation it is that we find ourselves in. It could be in a workplace or a friendship group or in a church as a grow group leader, a worship leader, a staff team member because it's about us being empathetic, not sympathetic. They are different. Brené Brown says, empathy fuels connection. It brings people together and makes people feel included, while sympathy drives disconnection and create an uneven power dynamic. When we lead the Jesus way, we need to empathise and care for those we're leading, sometimes with a lot of grace, but that's what's required of us as we lead in love. What does that look like for you? How can you love and pray for those you're leading wherever that is? How can we as a church be better at praying and loving our leaders and elders? I mean, our worship leaders, our kids and youth leaders. How can we do that better? As leaders and in developing our leadership, we get to play the part in empowering others. And you may have heard of the I See and you conversations that our friend Dave Ferguson talks about in his book, Hero Maker. These are conversations where you notice and you see something in someone that they don't see themselves and then you tell them about it. It's about coming along, assign them and calling out the things you see, saying something like, you're really good at this. Have you thought about how you can use it? I can help you with that. That's how I'm here now on the staff team at Ivy Church, because a number of years ago, Hannah saw something in me and had that very conversation with me which led ultimately to me being here, working for this incredible church in a role I love and I have experience in. And if God can use me, then he can use you too, because we are all empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit and he has given us all we need to do his great works. It says earlier in the chapter in verse 3 that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew all about eternal hope and everlasting love. And through his death and resurrection, we also have that hope. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be servant-hearted leaders, just like Jesus. And as we grow closer to him, we will demonstrate more of him in our lives. And Jesus holds us accountable as he says in verse 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. In the discipleship pathway, develop comes after devote because Jesus wasn't looking for the most clever or people who get it right all the time. But he is looking for those who are devoted to him and who are willing to be used by him. God can and does use all of us to be part of his mission and he calls us all to be leaders. And if you don't feel that's you, you can move from being a devoted follower and be developed as a leader. Jesus chose a bunch of guys who weren't perfect by any stretch to do life with him, to walk with him, to continue his mission, to help bring people back to God the Father. He says, come follow me and see what I will do through you. He knows us so well and sees what we can be. That is our best selves. If you want to grow and be great, then you can, because Jesus says so and I'm here to help you with any specific things you need. Perhaps you want to increase your understanding of his word more and are considering WTC. Maybe you want to grow yourselves as a leader and have seen ways in which you can do it or resources to help but you'd like support with that. Well, I'm here for you. But our best leader has shown us that the best way to lead is to love and to serve. We model his heart and his principles for people and we all have it when we carry the Holy Spirit in us. Jesus saw, taught and nurtured people. We need to model our leadership skills the divine way. Bring to God any pride or arrogance of our own that gets in the way of God's voice being heard and the love of Jesus shown, because our responsibility is to take people to him. Follow Jesus as your example of servant-hearted leadership. Pick up a bowl and a towel and go do the same thing he did. And when he sees you're doing what he did, you'll see him do what he can do through you. Hi, I'm Anthony Delaney. I'd love to welcome you to Ivy Church. Do check out the website, click on a few buttons, look at some previous teaching and some of the other things that we've been involved with. And why not plan to join us soon at one of our locations? Join a grow group, do the alpha course and figure out for yourself what it is that Christians believe. Or if you've got anything we can pray about, be in touch, press the contact button so that you can email us. Let us know about you and how we hope you can be part of us. Come and join us at Ivy Church.